All right, we're going to start there in Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Now, we're going to jump right in. Um, we covered a little bit last week, but just <clears throat> by way of introduction um, into tonight's lesson, let's go ahead and we'll read a little bit of the text that we studied last week and kind of breeze over it and then jump on to point number two. And uh, <coughs> as we're looking at this, we see that, that Joseph, he is a slave. He's been put into uh, Potiphar's house, and uh, he's been given some instructions, and the Lord blesses him, and he rises to the top. Man, and uh, wow, uh, so great a blessing to watch him uh, rise to the top. But I've always heard that cream rises to the top. Cream rises to the top, and on. I don't know if you've ever. Uh, I've been told this. I don't know this for, uh, but if you've ever had milk, and or milk to cow, that uh, the cream of the cow's milk would rise to the top, and it would be the best uh, to have. And uh, the cream always rises to the top. And uh, he was at the bottom. He was at his lowest point of his life, and he worked hard. And his master, we talked about that, his master saw that he was, that the Lord was on him. And then temptation came. Then uh, here comes this woman that she tries to seduce him to lie with her. And that's where we'll pick up right here in 39. And uh, in, in verse number 7, we see a couple different things as we'll work our way, just kind of as we work our way through to get to, get to number 2. Um, he, the woman, uh, the Potiphar's wife, uh, Joseph's job. Now, get this, though. Joseph's job was to go into the house, okay? So ultimately, he was doing his job. Now, if he wouldn't have been in the house, he wouldn't have been tempted. But I'm going to say this, but he had to do his job. Many people and many preachers I've heard uh, criticize Joseph for being in the house. Joseph was doing his job, it was no different than you clocking in and you going straight to work. He was inside working like he was supposed to do. What was he supposed to do? Because she wouldn't do right, he'd not show up for work or not, not go in. No, his job was inside the house. So she tries to seduce him. She tries to get him to lie with her. And then when he says no, she says, uh, well, just lay down with me. She says, just lay beside me, lay by my side. And he says, no. She says, well, then lie with me. And so over and over, this was a process of time. It didn't happen one day. Uh, this was maybe every day or once a week that once uh, Potiphar's wife would see, uh, he, she would see Joseph. Joseph and begin to plead with him to lie with her. And Joseph uh, was, and this was a temptation for Joseph. I mean, uh, that's why it's a, it was a temptation of pleasure. It was a visual temptation. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, even, even she, she was persistent in verse number 10. Look what it says in verse number 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day. She didn't stop. And that's just like the devil. He's not going to stop. He's not going to give up. He's not going to quit because you won't give in. And you keep saying no, guess what? Tomorrow he's going to attack you and he's going to try to get you and he's going to lure, try to lure you out. She was persistent. It was, uh, the timing was perfect. You say, what do you mean the timing? Look, <clears throat> Joseph had just risen to the top. 
and then the temptation came. Sometimes you have a great victory. You better watch out because here comes Satan. All right. She was aggressive. She grabbed him by his garment. Now let's move to point number two, uh, where we'll start tonight. Now, uh, we finished with 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common man, that God is faithful, that he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able. Um, but will with that temptation make a way of an escape. So the temptation that you and I have, that you and I face, there is an escape. There is an escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us, God has made a predestined spot for an escape. So the war against temptation, the war on temptation, know that God has an escape for your temptation. He is not going to put a temptation in front of you that you can't conquer. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. Do you know what that means? There's not a temptation that, you've, that you're facing today that somebody else has not already faced, that somebody else has not already went through. So with that temptation God has made, in that verse he tells us that with that temptation that he has made a way of an escape. He has given us a chance to overcome. Greater is he that is in you than he that is what? In the world. So God has given us power to overcome the temptation. You say that power, that temptation is powerful. Can you imagine the master's wife trying to get you to sleep with you? Can you imagine the power, the strength, and you, the temptation, was Joseph? No, he was a lowly slave. What would it matter? Who would care? Who would see? What happens if I don't? See, in Joseph, in his integrity, he says no. And he doesn't just say it once. He says it no, no, no. And day by day, she came by to try to trip him up. And she says no. Or he says no. His integrity kept him from doing something immoral. You know what immorality is? Is dishonest. It's dishonesty because you're not being honest with the person. She was not being honest. She was not being honest trying to sleep with somebody that wasn't her husband. I've seen it. I've seen it take place. I've seen families come this close to being destroyed because of, because of a sexual sin. I've seen families. I've seen homes. I've seen marriages break up because someone is not faithful. Breaks them up, splits them up. Because immorality or a sexual sin, it's not honest. Was it honest for her to sleep with somebody in whom she didn't have any business sleeping with? It wasn't honest. Immorality is dishonesty. Is dishonesty. Dishonest. But Joseph kept saying no. What, what can help you say no is integrity. Okay, so look what he does in verse number 12. And this is the verse that we read, or the verse that we have not read. And he left his garment in her hand and what? Fled. What does that mean? 
He ran out of there and got him out. What took place? He we'll go back to that verse, verse number twelve. She said, and it, she and she caught him by his garment. Do you know what she did? And we talked about that last week. She grabbed him by his garment and he took off because he knew if he stood around for any longer, it was not going to be good. The, do you know what the Bible says? Flee fornication. What's fornication? Sex before marriage. That's right. Sex before marriage. But the Bible says to flee it. Hey, this is what Joseph was doing. He was running away because he was pure. No, I don't want any part of that. Run away. Run away. But. I will say this, though, and, and the temptation that you and I face may not be a sexual sin. It may, just, it may just be sin. It may be pride. It may be lying. It may be cheating. It may be stealing. It may be doing something else. But the temptation, you ought to run from sin. But too many times in our life, we want to get as close to sin as we possibly can. Get as close to the edge. You know... I had a buddy of mine tell me this, and it is a good illustration to use. You know, if you, if you have, you're driving down the road, and you see guardrails up on the road. Are they right on the end of the road? <coughs> no. Are they, no. They're a little bit off the road. They're a little bit off the shoulder, even, some. But those guardrails are to protect you, to keep you Going where? Straight. On the road, right? To straight on the road. But there are guardrails that you and I need to set up so that we don't get off the road. Joseph set some guidelines or some guardrails in his life. He said, I ain't going there. He said, if she grabs my shirt, I'm running out. There was a time and a place in his life that he said, I don't care who she is. I don't care how strong she is. I don't care what kind of power she has. But if she grabs my clothes, I'm running out. And as a Christian, you have to set up guidelines. You have to set up guardrails in your life to keep you from doing wrong. If you have a bad temper, what are some things that you set up to keep you from blowing your top? If you like to tell lies all the time, what are some things that you set up to keep you from lying? <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you have to set up guardrails in your life to keep you from going over the edge. You have to. What does the Bible say? Psalms 119, I believe it says, Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against who? God, or thee, I think is what it says. But, but he's talking about God. So you know, what's your, what is your, uh, don't tell me, what is something you deal with? What's sin that you deal with? Don't tell me. But you ask yourself that question. What is sin that you deal with? Memorize scripture over it. Well, that ain't doing me no good. Yes, those guardrails will keep you. What does the Bible have to say about looking at something that you ought not look at? What does the Bible have to say about your tongue? 
What does the Bible have to say about your gossiping? What does the Bible have to say about your eyes or your, or your lying? And I don't know. What, what does the Bible have to say about it? What does the Bible have to say about immorality? Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's a Ten Commandment. You think that God was serious about sexual... Sexual sins destroy families. Sexual sins destroy homes, marriages, people. Sex destroys relationships if it's done improper. He ran from it. He got out of there. Verse number 8, he refused. Verse number 10, he hearkened not. He was honest. What do you mean he was honest? What is a guard? He set up a guardrail of being honest with himself. What does he say? I'm sorry. In verse number, verse number 8, verse number 8, he says, My master, my master. He said, No, no, no. He said, I can't sleep with you because my master, you belong to my master. Uh-uh. My master can't. No, 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 no. I can't do this because I belong to who? God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, glorify God in your what? In your body. And so why shouldn't I do that? Why shouldn't I go there? It's because you need to be honest with yourself. What would the master think? What would my master think of me doing wrong? What would God think? I would never do it in front of him, but you do it in front of him anyways. Because the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So you think, well, I'll get away with it. Ain't nobody know. But yep, God is sitting there watching all of it take place. I'll go, uh, uh, hey, the bedroom's door is closed. No one's going to know, right? Yeah, God knows. God knows. God knows. Yes, sir, we do. We do. So he's experiencing those things that we ought not experience or doing those things that we ought not to do. He's there with us. So, you know, a couple weeks ago I asked if there would, if Jesus came to your house, what would you have to go home and change? Well, let me ask you this. If Jesus walked around with you all day, how much differently would you act? Well, I sure wouldn't say that. I sure wouldn't go there. I sure wouldn't drink that. I sure wouldn't be with who? But isn't God with us all the time, every day? So why doesn't it change the way that... Because Joseph said, no, no, no. My, I, I can't go there. I'm honest with myself. My master. He was talking about his earthly master. Know that. But ultimately... Who do we serve? Who do our bodies belong to? God. And, and, God, and Joseph said, no, 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 you're not my wife. 
You belong to my master. The ways of getting out of temptation, you have to set up guardrails. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at these things. You have to have integrity, purity. Also, you need to discern. You need to be able to discern some things. Look in verse number 9. Look in verse number 9. He says, uh, There's none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me, because thou art his wife. I'm not supposed to sleep with you because you're my wife. But then he says, look at this. He says, How then can I do this great what? Wickedness. I cannot do this great wickedness against my master. I can't do it. Do you know where we get in trouble? We start looking at sin as being small sins and little sins. That's not that bad. It's just a little white lie. It ain't never hurt nobody. It's just a little sin. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms chapter number 119 and verse number 104. He says, though thy precepts I get understanding, I'm sorry, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Quit playing games with sin. Nah, it's not that bad. We start categorizing. Or we start saying, well, my sin's not near as bad as his. Have you seen what they do? But there we are sinning because we're pious and we're looking at them saying, did you see what they were doing the other night? And that's where we get in trouble. Because we think we're better than other people. And then that's sin of itself. So, all right. Anybody have any thoughts? Anybody have any questions? I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not done yet, but I just, anybody have any thoughts? No? Keep the train rolling. He, uh, he had a lot of strength and uh, he did right, but he also realized that not only his master, but his master up in heaven was watching. And, and the thing is, and here's, and here's where, here's where we have to understand this too. Um, right is always going to be Right. And you're going to have to choose to do right every time. Because simply this, sometimes it's easier to do wrong. Sometimes it's easier to do wrong. But you have to make a choice to do right. What's right? What's wrong? What would Christ do in my situation? How would he react? Joseph knew that there was no way he should, he should be with a woman in which he's not married to. And he made that choice to run away. But what sin is it? It may not be a sexual sin, but what sin is it that we are like, nah, it's not that big of a deal. But Joseph said, it's a great wickedness. The Bible says that we ought to hate every false way. We ought to hate every sin, big or little. Or anybody else? Try to justify it. We do try to justify it. Oh, well, yeah. well, I don't know. I did that because uh, I got mad so-and-so or so-and-so ain't treating me right or something like that, you know. I'll make excuses. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's wrong. You know, well, making up excuses. I think it's kind of like in the New Testament, I think Jesus gives the illustration of the publican that's praying and then the poor man that's praying. And the publican stands and says, man, I'm sure glad I'm not like those other guys. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm not like that guy down the road. And then the sinner says, God, thank you for saving me, you know. Oh, wretched man that I am. Because get the moat out of our own eye. What does the Bible say? The beam and the moat. We need to get out of our eye worried about ourselves and worry about where we're going and what we're cleaning up rather than, well, did you see what their backyard looks like? Have you seen what they've been doing? Have you? I mean, that's, that is the difficulty that we face it, it, that we want to blame everyone else. And, and because someone else is doing it, it makes it okay that I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's never right. No. All right? Never right. Never right. <clears throat> so, the war against temptation, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. You're going to have to discern some evil. The Bible says, uh, I'm not going to get the text right, but he says, uh, uh, abstain, stay away from the appearance of evil. Abstain from the appearance of evil. If it appears to be evil, what should we ought to do with it? Run away from it, right? Run away from it. Does it look evil? Go! Get out of there! There are certain things that I won't do because they appear to be evil. They may not be evil. As Paul says, all things are, all things are lawful. But not all things are expedient. I'm trying to get to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse number 33. He said, Be not deceived... Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil, evil, evil communication corrupts good manners. Look, you say, what do you mean? You need to watch who you're with, where you're with. You say, what do you mean by that? Good communication, good manners, but then also... Um, the appearance of evil. What am I doing? Where am I headed? Where's this going? Um, right? The appearance of evil. Is it okay? Is it okay that he stand there with his with his coat off and try to discuss with her that he needs his coat back? He knew that Potiphar was coming home. He knew that somebody might see him with his shirt off, with his coat off, standing there with, with the wife. Hmm? What are they going to say? What are they going to see? Evil. The appearance of evil. The appearance of evil. If it appears to be evil, mm-hmm. we should abstain from it. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything that appears to be evil? It might not be evil, but it might look evil. Evil. All right. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? What was that? 
Lord Joseph got framed. <laughs> oh, he did get framed. And because of the way he lived, and he said no, uh, the master's wife, the master came in, and he believed, he believed Potiphar's wife, and he threw Joseph in jail. He threw Joseph in jail. You say, well, where's his integrity now? What good did that do him? What good did that do him doing right and living right and being right? Because if he would have just slept with her, he wouldn't have got thrown into jail. He would have been in a lot worse trouble if he would have just done, done, the wrong, done wrong. But he chose to do right. And because of him choosing to do right, sure, he went into jail. Sure, he went into prison. But God took that time in prison to, to open up the next door for Joseph to be at the top. All right, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, it hurts your testimony and can hurt those that are not saved because, say, you go to a bar to get a Coke and you're trying to witness to someone and they say, well, you know, what were you doing? So, well, I was just in there drinking a Coke. Well, they don't know that and it's going to affect the cause of Christ not in a good way. Right. Right. I remember, I remember one time I was preaching against something. Um, uh, we had... Uh, we had, at the time, we were doing teen church on Wednesday nights, and so I preached to the teenagers, and I preached against something. I preached against sin. And one of the teenagers came over to me. He said, well, it ain't wrong because I saw such and such doing it. It doesn't make it right, but we got to be careful because those that follow behind us or those that see you. Well, did you see where they were at? Well, maybe it's okay then. All right. Anybody else? A way of temptation? Maybe some, want somebody like to share, hey, this is what I do that helps me. Uh, maybe I avoid temptation. Don't look, don't do, or whatever. Somebody, something that you do to help you um, through temptation? Because everybody's different. Anybody? If you know it, the, the best way that I've found, me, if I deal with something, um, temptation, and I know that I deal with that temptation, um, I just try to completely never enter my frame of mind. Never think about it. Never, never get it there. Because if I get it there, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If I get it there, it's there, and I'm thinking about it. Um, you'll never do wrong without thinking about it first. Just like Joseph, um, I, I think of Daniel in the, book of, uh, in the book of Daniel. The Bible says in Daniel chapter number 1 that he said that the Daniel purpose in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself with the king's meat nor with the king's wine. Daniel um, decided that he would not defile himself uh, with what was going on. Daniel was in a foreign country. He was a, he was a prisoner in Babylon and such and such, but uh, he decided that he wasn't going to do wrong, but he made a decision that he would not do wrong, and he did not do wrong. Joseph had to make that same decision. I'm not going to heed to this. Um, the first time that she approached him, uh, he had to go back to his bunk and said, look, man, and myself praying to God, 
look, if she comes at me again, I'm going to have to say no. I've already made that decision. You know, you, you decide today. You decide today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till you're in the heat of the moment and you're about to lose it or about to heed to that temptation. Do today. Decide today that you're not going to heed to that temptation. You're going to run from it. You're going to avoid it. You're going to get out of it. Avoid it like the plague. Avoid it like the coronavirus, right? I mean, if you knew somebody had it, would you, would you get up next to them and, and try to be friends with them and, and to talk to them and shake hands with them and give them a hug? Give them a hug? No. Yeah, sure. Are you crazy? No, you want to get away from it. Well, we treat that, you know, like that, but why is it that we don't treat sin like that? Run from it. Well, you say, I know why, because the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. That's right. It is fun for a season, but that season will end, and it's no longer fun. It's no longer fun. All right. Anybody else have any thoughts or questions about tonight's lesson? Avoid. Avoid. Discern. Sometimes you need to discern what's taking place. Certain places you shouldn't go. Just, uh, just completely avoid them. Ask the master what he thinks. All right. You're not going to ask if you know the answer. <laughs> Before you ask. What's the answer? What's the answer, God? Do you want me to do that? And you did it anyways? No, no, not good. That's why there's consequences. There are consequences for your wrong. Because if he would have decided to sleep with would would have decided to sleep with her, there would have been consequences that he would he would have faced. Um, oh yeah, she's probably doing it just to get him caught. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been because he didn't know her intentions. He didn't know her intentions. But did you see that guy? He tried to he tried to come on to me, mm-hmm. and the moment that he refused and ran away. She said that. Yeah, he raped me. He tried to. He tried. He tried to take me. Yeah. So she said, "Oh, throw that guy in prison. Get Joseph. Put him in handcuffs and throw him in prison. Because he, because he was doing right. But God takes the next step, and we'll go there next week. But God takes that next step in prison, and uh, he's." He gets down to the bottom again, you know, because he's there for a while. But God uses that time in prison to help prepare the way for the next step. All right. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? If not, we will close. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I pray that you have used me in spite of me.